Lately, popular music has been taking it on the chin. The recent passing of its top luminaries, Lemmy Kilmeister, David Bowie, Prince, Glenn Frey, has given everyone a chance to take a step back and contemplate the fragility of their own lives. Running parallel to these happenings has been the ongoing conversation about the state of rock and roll. With Gene Simmons's recent clickbait declaration that rock is dead and the oncoming drought of headline status bands needed to keep music festivals alive, there is growing concern the industry of music has only a few scant years to live before caving in on itself. When pressed to pinpoint problems, many point the finger at the lack of rock and roll personalities, arguing that we live in a post-post-post modern world where spontaneity and recklessness have been traded in for cautiousness, self-awareness, and hindsight. Even when a persona is able to rise above and make a mark, they are batted down and ridiculed for being only a facsimile of the genuine article that preceded them. To me, standing on the sidelines as much as in the spotlight, I can see the dangerous territory we as a music nation are treading. Our natural aptitude to sense true talent and sniff out true charisma, I feel, is being numbed, is being lost, amidst a cackle of uninformed opinions on the internet, which is breeding a generation of music fans proudly deficient in music knowledge. Then there are those who bask in yesteryear, who constantly extol the bands, the albums of the past, without even giving a cursory glance to what is happening in front of them in the present. Trust me, these same people will come around once those same bands drift into yesteryear. We all heard about major label bidding wars on bands when record labels used to carry more weight than they do now, eager to sign the next big thing. It would only be triggered by someone in the A&R department with enough gumption and confidence to make that first hefty monetary gesture. And more so today than ever before, we as a collective music nation need to be more like that, to trust our own ears rather than what our neighbor thinks before the first online opinion comes sailing through the door. Resisting every urge I have to settle back and enjoy what I already have, I am constantly trying to find the next band, the next album, that will rock me just as hard as the time I first heard Master of Puppets or Dressed to Kill or My War or 1984. And I am never disappointed, whether it be the new bands that I discover like Vole, Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel, Satan's Satyrs, Mars Red Sky, Alabama Shakes, Liturgy, New albums from favorite bands like the new Melvin's album, the new Voivod, or the new Uncle Acid. Whenever a self-appointed tastemaker or industry insider feels the need to post or write about how rock music is on its last legs, I immediately know that person is a total idiot, a top-shelf, ivory-tower-thinking, know-it-all, know-nothing idiot. If only they would take the time to actually look around and find this music— then they could replace their Rock is Dead posts with announcements of these new great bands. And we can all move forward and bring the new crop of bands to the forefront, onto the main stage as headliners. And these bands and these personalities are always there. One only has to use their eyes and ears to find them. They're easy to spot, too. They stick out like sore thumbs. If I could disclose the name on my ballot for heir apparent to the throne of rock and roll, it would have to be Abbott, former bassist of Immortal and now solo artist fronting his eponymously named band, in his rightful place, front and center for all to see. 
Abbott isn't exactly a novice at this. With his legendary black metal band Immortal from Bergen, Norway, Abbott has stormed the stages internationally for over 25 years, and even before this, with his first band, Old Funeral. But now, as a solo artist, Abbott steps alone into the spotlight to claim his rightful place as one of the new kings. With charisma that stretches on for days, it's easy to see why the metal world has rolled out the red carpet for this guy, and armed with his brilliant self-titled debut on Season of Mist, under his arm, there are few, if any, detractors. If anyone wants to argue the claim that music is losing its rock stars, I dare you to look into Abbott's eyes and say it to his face. I know I wouldn't have the balls. When I saw Abbott would be making a stop in Toronto on his world-smashing tour, I put the call out to meet him. Nervous as I was, I had to meet him. I had to have him on my podcast. But knowing what I know and just by what I had observed and heard on records, I had a feeling Abbott at his core was just a rock fan, and this episode proves that tenfold. The world of metal is made up of a lot of different sounding bands and different personality types. A lot of it revels in the darker side of life, which is fine by me, but a lot of it is encased in weighty glumness. What I noticed upon meeting Abbott is the charming humor in which he carries himself on and off the mic. The mark of a great contrarian is the humor that they can so easily wield. If the Morning Star was the first contrarian, why shouldn't metal be immersed by huge personalities with a penchant for jocularity? Meeting Abbott for the first time here, not knowing if we would even get along, I knew there were two items I could bring up that would strike an even chord between the two of us, Kiss and Motorhead. I must say, this episode here doesn't even come close to how thrilling it was to be in front of the man himself, one-on-one. -on -one. I think one can hear it in my voice. There are times in the episode where his voice appears distant. Well, that was Abbott standing up mid-talk, getting ready for his gig, and sometimes simply gesturing for effect. There are a few people I'd like to thank for making this podcast happen. Enrique from Season of Mist for hooking this up, Thank you very much, Enrique. Stephen Page out on the Abbott crew for making me feel welcome. And Martin Holmes back in Bergen. Thank you, bro, for having my back. Thank you, fellas. This was memorable. I want to say thanks as well to Skull Candy Headphones and Blue Mic Microphones for the support of the podcast. Thanks to Chino Locos Restaurants because when I want a fish burrito, I want it stuffed with chow mein noodles. And thank you for taking time to listen to this podcast episode on iTunes or SoundCloud or however you found it. It's free to listen to, free to download, and free to subscribe. So do it today if you haven't already. Okay, the mighty, mighty Abbott is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. They play the Guinness Danko School of Dillow for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fucked Up. Stop playing Hang Down. Danko Jones has a podcast. It's called the Danko Jones podcast. La da 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 da. La da da. What do Mastodon, Anthrax, Guns N' Roses, Fucked Up, Opeth, Sloan, The Kids in the Hall, Fozzie, Gallows, and Broken Social Scene all have in common?
They've all had at least one member guest on the official Danko Jones podcast. Check it out on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts. Abbott, it is an honor and a pleasure. Everything that you that you relate to being exciting to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being on here. Thank you for having me. Um, I think the new album that you put out, uh, the the self titled solo release, is incredible. And uh, I uh, I got a you know I got a preview copy of it. And uh, I, I think I put on Instagram like, wow, we're not even two weeks into 2016. And I think I'm holding the album of the year. So you think so? I don't mean to kiss your ass because I, <laughs> I am in your I'm in your lair. So <laughs> but it's true. I, I really think it's a phenomenal record. But I didn't really request this this uh, talk with you uh, to talk about your new album. Um I'm going to say that all, or I've already said that in the intro, but knowing you and following you for the last few years, I am well aware that you are a fan of two bands that I'm a huge fan of, and I thought this could be a great meeting ground, a good starting point, break in the ice, so to speak, to talk about Motorhead and Kiss. I just look at my corner there, in the bus, you know, let me there and see Destroyer there, you know, Jamie... Aussie, you know, it's my corner and the bus. One of the talk about Jimmy and Aussie also. <laughs> <laughs> Let's include them. I mean, I, I mean, Kiss is like I said to you off the record. This podcast moonlights as a Kiss podcast. I've had people come on. Lydia Chris has been on here. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, she's a very nice woman, uh, and, and uh, she sent me an uh, autograph See book. You know, uh, yeah, to me. You know, uh, Beth wishes Lydia Chris. Totally. And um, that was nice. What, what, what a hell of a what, what a great book that is. <laughs> it, 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 there's some pictures in there that I don't yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure uh, Paul Stanley uh, and uh, the rest of the guys is very happy about those pictures. But you know, they, 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 they are in there. And I mean, come on, <laughs> fucking hell. Um, and and that's, that brings me, the reason why I wanted to bring up Motorhead and, and Kiss is because, you know, Motorhead was a band that was very related to metal. I mean, you can't be a metalhead without owning at least one Motorhead album. And uh, the one thing Lemmy always said at every concert was, we're a rock and roll band. And a lot of the times when I see in death metal, especially in black metal and the genres, I think it's more with the newer generation, the newer fans. They they are, you know, they cling to it so tightly because they identify it with so much. But I think it takes a couple of years for them to take a step back, chill the fuck out and realize that, hey, there's a heavy dose. There would be no black metal if all these guys playing it weren't rock and rollers mm. uh, yeah that's right pretty much you know but I think you know with Black Sabbath and Zeppelin you know there, there's something happened there you know and also you know with with Priest you know uh, you know some, some, something came out of Birmingham you know and, and I think uh, heavy metal comes from Birmingham 
kind of got to agree from with priest and Sabbath. Yeah, priest and Sabbath. Uh, and of course, you know, you can hear, uh, for example, that Zeppelin's, if you're if Zeppelin, that Zeppelin's Kashmir. Yeah. That's heavy metal. If, I mean, that's, that. you know, you can call, you can say rock and roll, but on you know, heavy metal, you know, it's heavy and marching, something about that, you know. Uh, there's an obvious nod to Kiss with the paint that you don on, knowing that you are a huge Kiss fan, um, makes sense to me. It's the reason why me being a Kiss fan, I'm attracted to what you're doing immediately. Um, tell me about your connection with Kiss. How did it start? And obviously, this is how it manifested. But tell me, tell me the uh, the history of you and Kiss. Yeah, I, I discovered Kiss. Uh... I was between five and six years old. And we had, there was these candy bags, you know, uh, which uh, called Stjernepusen, or star bag, you know. And then there uh, was all kinds of different candies, but also every time there was these uh, packs with, with cards. Sometimes it would be football players or, or some Abba or John English or, you know. And, uh, and then Kiss, you know, and, you know, back then, you know, we read comics, you know, and it was like looking at, like, these superheroes, but they have instruments and they are for real, you know. So, uh, but by then I had uh, only listened to, uh, you know, Elvis, you know, uh, and, and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, and you know, my <coughs> my, my my parents had this uh, collection uh, of rock and roll uh, from from back then. And, and um, I remember the first the first song I ever heard, uh, as I can remember, was uh, Blueberry Hill with uh, Fats Domino. That's the, the first song I can remember hearing, you know, when it comes to rock and roll. Right. Uh, but, and, and then in 78, 79, we moved to, from where I lived, uh, it's a four hours drive from Bergen. We moved to Bergen and then I met, <clears throat> I met with, uh, with, you know, new, new classmates and stuff, you know, and a couple of those guys, they already had Kiss albums, so, must have been like 78, 79, the first time I heard Kiss. So I, I was collecting these cards for, for a year or something at least, you know, before <laughs> I heard them. So uh, I remember back then there was only one TV channel also, and uh, there was this music program every Friday, you know, called Zigzag. And that was the first time I saw this clip of Kiss, you know. No, and, we're and I, I was, yeah, 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 that was a clip, was a clip from the from the Alive Two commercial, you know, okay. the, the the one with Jim Simmons when he sings, uh, "Rock in the USA," you know, and he breathed fire and left. And, and I was, I, I mean, from there on, I was, uh, I knew what I wanted to be in life, what, what I wanted, to, what I wanted to do. When I see you play, um, there's, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like huge. Uh, I, I, I can see the Lemmy influence, I can hear the Lemmy influence, also, yeah, also but I could hear the Gene Simmons, I could feel the Gene Simmons in you. Am I wrong? No, of course not. Uh, both of them are, both Lemmy and Gene Simmons are, you know, great heroes of mine. You know. Heard Motorhead first time uh, when we moved to, to Bergen, uh, and um, my friend, uh, his father had this huge collection, I, and I heard uh, or records, uh, albums, and the first time I heard Mo I heard Motorhead, Black Sabbath, that Zeppelin, and also Sex Pistols, and several of those bands I heard at the same time, you know. So everything, you just, you know, imagine like an eight-year-old coming to Bergen and, and get all that, I mean, it was, I was, uh, yeah, it was the ultimate legal high, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. 
uh, so damn exciting, you know. And uh, it's been an exciting journey ever since, you know. Now, um, have you, going back to KISS, um, so you discovered them around Alive 2, Dynasty, that kind of transitional era, 78 to 79. Um, now, uh, did, you, did you stay with them through the 80s uh, yeah. when, when they took off the makeup? Yeah, up until, uh, up until uh, Asylum. Uh, but uh, after Asylum, I think Asylum has uh, several good, I, I really like uh, uh, Love's a Deadly Weapon. You know, so uh, awesome. Uh, even I know, animalized also. But Creature of the Night, so underrated. Uh, probably my favorite all album of all times. Album of all times, you know. Uh, together with Overkill, you know. I mean, <laughs> what a different, you know, they differ so much from each other. But it's part of me, you know. Yeah. Uh, I kind of think that Creatures of the Night was like the that last. Was so heavy. It was that, to me pretty much that's the first really, really heavy metal album, you know. Uh, oh, interesting. Oh yeah, Creatures of the Night, so underrated. It was back at that point, you know, the people, most people were, you know, they, they like poor Stanley said, you know, it's a, probably one of their best albums, but uh, so many people, but most people are actually listening with their eyes, you know, and then. Uh, Lick It Up came uh, came out. Uh, what do you think of that? Because I kind of think Lick It Up is fantastic. A B to creatures. Very very yeah, but but uh, but uh, can't beat creatures, you know, and the magic of creatures. But they put on the makeup and they get they become more interesting uh, because they, but there was this happening. Oh, kiss without makeup, ooh. and that sold like double platinum, you know. Creatures of Tonight sold only you know barely gold. Yeah. So so you see, it's, it's very few people are are getting this. You know, and, and what what this means to us, you know, uh, the theatrical, the characters, you know, you want to be, you know, your alter ego, you know, you know, the larger in life. I mean, who doesn't want to fucking be that? You know, it's fucking awesome, you know. And, and and I mean, maybe I'm still a fucking ten year old in in my head, you know. I have all this experience, but I'm, st you know. Uh, my tour manager, we have, tomorrow we have a day off, and my tour manager, we're going to New York, uh, and my tour manager, he said that, uh, uh, yesterday he said that Israeli is playing in town, you know, at the BB Kingdom, and I was fucking jumping like a baby, you know, like, yeah, you know, haven't seen him on the Space Invader tour, which is fantastic, by the way, new Israeli album, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And again, you can see, you know, I still have, like to have these posters and my heroes around me, you know what I mean? That's me. What uh, I kind of think that Creatures of the Night was the last dark uh, uh, Kiss album. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's 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 a masterpiece. It's uh, it's the album. I mean, uh, you know, this cliche: if you're going, if you end up on a desert island, you know, which album, one album, would you want to have bring with you, you know, for the rest of your uh, existence? Uh, and and for, to me, it has to be Creatures of the Night. That's the, that's the, I mean, that's the nuclear of heavy metal, Creatures of the Night. Tempered with songwriting from Brian Adams. Huh? Brian Adams yeah, wrote yeah, War Machine. Yeah, yeah, War Machine, I know, yeah. The same guy who wrote... Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you have several plays on the album, you know, Bob Kulik is in there, and uh, so, so... Um, 
know, even on even on uh, on, on Exciter, the first song on Linkin Park album, it's not Winston Cusano, it's not Winnie Winston who plays. It's this other guy who also played some leads on the Grease of the Night. So they have some different. Um, it was also also a different uh, producer. You know, it's Mike Michael T. Jackson on. Uh, not Michael Jackson, <laughs> on, on Lick It Up, but uh, I remember the, the, this producer who did Crease of Tonight, uh, there was this long interview with him on YouTube I saw a long time ago, and they talked about the process of it. It was uh, just amazing, what the fuck, you know? And the drums, I mean, in history, the, the, I, I had never heard ever since mightier, more powerful drums than on Creatures of Tonight. I mean, it's just fucking how the, the, the drums make that album. And, and that's... And of course, Eric Orr. Rest in peace. He was he was one of the greatest, yeah. and and that's why I think um, a lot of the bitterness that came with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction and the fact that Eric Carr was not included yeah. in the inductee ceremony, that's I thought fucking. I mean, what the fuck? What's the matter with those guys? Huh? I don't get it. I don't get no. no that 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 that, that uh, corporation there. You know, I don't get it. You know this. Uh, Hall, Hall of Fame bullshit. What the fuck? Fuck that. Yeah. I, I was I was uh, actually disappointed yeah. when I heard that Kiss ha was getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and had accepted it after years of of really just like slighting the whole the whole uh, the whole ceremony. And I thought that Kiss getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and accepting it. Uh, accepting their conditions, I thought it was a poor move on their part. I think it would have been better if Kiss was outstanding. They were out of the whole... It would have made the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame useless to, to a lot of people's eyes if Kiss wasn't included. And, yeah, it just I just... I didn't like how they bent. They weren't included for years. I mean, it's ridiculous, that whole fucking thing. And there they and there they were, um, standing there, you know, the, the four of them. But Kiss is not only about those four guys, original guys. No, it's not. I understand what you mean. Yeah. But um... also, as you said, Eric Carr. Uh, so you're you're you basically mean like I mean Kiss, uh, I mean the 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 entity of Kiss is bigger than the four members. I mean everybody who's been been in Kiss and who's who's alive should have been there, and and uh, they should have. Uh, I mean it, because Kiss goes over forty years, you know, and the original Kiss lasted barely ten, you know. So it's more than just those. Ten years. Yeah. Um, I would like to ask, when you first donned on the paint, was the feeling of, you know, this kind of, the closest thing you can get to as a fan of KISS, doing this, getting on stage with your version, with your character, et cetera, et cetera, was that, did that go through your mind? Because for me, as a KISS fan, I, I see what you do, and I, I just think that I didn't even have to hear about you being a KISS fan to know that he's loving doing this because it stems from Kiss. Am I right? Yeah, I remember uh, uh, last uh, last gig we did uh, yesterday uh, was uh, this uh, club in uh, Cleveland, and uh, I remember we played there in 2003 also with uh, 
with uh, Rob Holford, uh, with Immortal and Rob Holford. And um, but I was told uh, yesterday that uh, Kiss played there on their 74th tour, first mm -hmm. album, first tour. Uh, also on the 75th tour. And um, the, uh, the Agor, Agora? Oh, okay. Is it? Yeah. And uh, I remember standing there yesterday playing, and uh, I feel so far it's one of the best shows we've done. And, and I felt, I don't know, some energy. I felt something, you know, just knowing what kind of stage I was staying on, staying on, you know. You just, you got these goosebumps, you know, and you had a good sound and everything worked, you know, and just like, yeah. Oh, did you ever join the army? Hmm? Were you ever part of the KISS army? Like, officially? Yeah, back in the day I were, yeah, yeah. Uh, not now, uh, but I was back in the, uh, I was uh, the Swedish KISS army, yeah, yeah. Swedish? There was Norwegian, I don't believe there was a Norwegian KISS army back then. In 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 Now uh, my next question would have to be: Have you met any of the members? Um, I barely met Gene uh, at Grosspop. Uh, you know, he waved. I waved to him, and he waved back after they played. Uh, but there was all these bodyguards between us. So, but uh, yeah, I have looked into his eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. A friend of mine said that... Uh, maybe tomorrow, uh, hopefully yeah. tomorrow I will be, yeah, meet the Israeli. That would be something. <laughs> There's a, a friend of mine, he uh, uh, told me this story. A friend of his went up to Paul Stanley, and Paul Stanley's to his back, and he started singing the lyrics for uh, All Hell's Breaking Loose. Uh, this street hustler comes up to me yeah, one yeah. day. My, 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 and right, yeah, and he said, and then when he... Hey, Paul Stanley turns around and goes, hey man, what be this? Why do I gotta look like that? And the guy just. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. When I heard that, I thought, you know, Paul's cool, man. Like, that's kind of cool for, for Paul to do, you know? Yeah, but have you. Have you uh, I haven't read his book, but I have listened to him reading from his book on the YouTube. <laughs> what do you say? I, Somebody's. <laughs> I've read the book. I didn't, hear, I didn't hear the audio. Does he go off script or something? Uh, I don't know. I, I think I just read from his book. Yeah. Uh, and and, and uh, fucking Ace Frehley is a uh, paranoid uh, anti-Semite. Uh, the same as is a greedy, whatever. And, and Peter Chris has no fucking talented tone deaf. <laughs> but we still love each other as brothers. <laughs> I know, I know uh, Stanley is going to sing on Ace Frehley's next album. I mean, what the fuck? It's weird. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I mean, are, are, they, are, are, are they are they planning this? <laughs> <laughs> just just to make them interesting, you know? I don't know. Well, there is that. There's that one. Did you read Ace's book? Yeah, no regrets. Yeah, it's, it's there was funny this, as hell. Yeah. There's this one scene. I can't. I've, they, all the books blend in now, but there was this one part where Ace was leaving the band, and Paul took him shopping. To yeah. try to convince. Yeah, to try to, to get it back, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, I was yeah. like, I pictured that in my head, like Paul Yeah, they Stanley. went to this mall and, uh, and Paul Stanley <laughs> tried to get him back, you know. <laughs> trying to buy a like a gym bag while yeah. he's trying to convince him to. I think to it's, stay I think it's hilarious, back. you know, but Paul Stanley reads from his book, and since the early 70s, and you know, they share the hotel rooms, and Paul Stanley's taking a shower in the hotel room, and suddenly he's, you know, we, this, this, this. Uh, 
stench comes into his shower, you know, this shit stench. And, and he opened the curtains and there's Ed Freely taking a shit while he's taking a shower. <laughs> I can see how it drove them. I can uh, see how Paul and Gene got driven nuts by it, like yeah, but, Ace's yeah, but At the same time, you know, when, when they were they were a band, you know, nobody's perfect. That, and you you love each other, but at some point, it's like a love hate relationship. That's what Kiss is, you know. Uh, like yeah. brothers, I mean, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and and you can see that, and you have all these spinal tap stories, you know. Everybody, every band has experienced that. And you're and like uh, like Lemmy says, said. Um, you're not, you're never really a band before you have been on tour, you know. That's where you know, yeah. learn how to be a band. You know, you, you, well, you know, you can, you can't call yourself a band before you've been on tour, live together, you know, smell the shoulders shit and toe stench and you know, fist fight a little and you know what I mean. Uh, well, you brought him up again. Uh, Lemmy, uh, I wanted to talk about Motorhead with you uh, as the other band uh, uh, that is close to your heart, close to my heart. Uh, so much so that you obviously a lot of people know the Bombers cover band and everything. Yeah. And, and uh, from uh, what has recently happened uh, with Lemmy's passing, um, uh, I know lots of people have, have asked you about Lemmy's passing. Same with me. Um, but I, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. What? Uh, how do you feel, and and um, and your connection with with Motorhead? Uh, I met Lemmy six, seven times. First time was in '93 at the airport in Copenhagen, and uh, he sat there with me and Demonos, and, and uh, it was two hours to his flight, and he, we had no money, and he bought us drinks. You know, first time we tried uh, bourbon and bourbon and coke. Uh, and every time I met him, you know, he just always took his time to write an autograph, you know, say hello, you know, shake your hand and take a picture, you know, I mean, just, uh, just a great guy. I mean, the best, you know. And he, over the years, you know, uh, he became like a, f like a kind of a father figure, you know, uh, like a role model, yeah, but a little more because he was so, so fucking damn right about everything, you know, and everything. His lyrics, it's just, it's just pure, pure fucking best fucking poetry that you can read. Very simple. Yeah, yeah. Very and and uh, I would say, you know, Motorhead. I've, I've grown as a Motorhead. Grown with Motorhead, you know. I've had this uh, Motorhead tribute band uh, together with my mates for for uh, for in these these days for 20 years now, and. Uh, it's just the attitude, you know, I mean, Motorhead is kind of the band Kiss couldn't be, you know, you know, and, and, and Kiss uh, and Motorhead didn't have, I mean, it's like two different worlds for me, coming together and meeting in, in my head, you know, and... Um, I see what you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. Simple, over-the-top yeah. meeting together, I guess. Mm. And, um, I'm, yeah, I was devastated. Uh, I was, you know, I was, you know, when you, when you hear your heroes dies, you know, it, fucking hell. You know, like, like, like uh, for, you know, for example, when Eric Carr died, you know, I was devastated. Yeah. He was also one of my heroes, you know. And, 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 uh, and uh, Russell, 
you know, even though he didn't play much and, and, and felt the animal, I mean, yeah. And now Lemmy, you know, you know, if Gene Simmons died suddenly, you know, that would be, you know, have, that would be very devastating to me, you know, plus that, you know, you know Ace Freedom, my heroes, you know. You want to see them live forever, you know what I mean? And uh, you also become very aware of your own mortality, you know, so. When I was, when I was, uh, I did, a, uh, I read a little article on you and about the Lemmy, uh, passing of Lemmy, and you mentioned something that I had already mentioned on, in, in interviews for my, for myself, was I made a mention and I made sure that when people asked me about Lemmy, I had to say that above everything else, he was a gentleman, and you are the only person I've read who has said the exact same thing, that Lemmy Kilmeister was a, was a gentleman above, above everything. The dangerous image, the scary image, above all else. Yeah, him and uh, also Ronnie MSDU. I met Ronnie MSDU in 2004. Another guy, yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, uh, couple of, uh, last week uh, I visited uh, both their graves, you know, uh, outside LA. Yeah, I went there, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, on 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 uh, Dios, it says a man on a silver mountain. But he's he's not actually buried there, but that's his memory. The, and the right, statue. yeah, yeah, right across from it, it's, uh, there's Lamy. You know, his urn is in there, but his name has not come up was not come up yet on on this uh, plate in front of it. Uh, I think Caton uh, from Hyrax is in charge of the statue. Uh, uh, that's yeah. going out of, out of yeah. Rainbow. We went to Rainbow too, uh, had a drink there first. And sat there on his in his corner, you know, with the machine, and it was special because <clears throat> I beat the rainbow three times, no, two times before, two or three times before, uh, and uh, Lemmy was never there <laughs> when I was there, right. and he wasn't there now either. He was, you know, you know what I mean? The energy. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yes. Yeah, because when when I stood there, I I, I felt uh, I felt. Uh, gentleman he was also and he had the voice of a king yeah. and uh, from from what I remember and what from what everyone says a, a photographic memory yeah he remembered everyone's name and mm -hmm. everything about them yeah 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 well I'm gonna see you in Bergen then right are we gonna see each other in Bergen you come into the Volby show, right? If you're in town, you're going to be there? Oh, I, I thought you were talking about this festival. We're going to play a festival with Volbeat. Oh, no. Uh, this, this summer. Okay, uh, I'm Volbeat sure we will, too. I mean, this festival yeah, yeah. With, with, with a lot of bands, which uh, with totally different bands from, uh, I mean, yeah. We're on a bill with bands that we, we are not categorized with at all. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it's going to be interesting. That's what makes yeah. it so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I think, we, we, I think it's fun going to be a special audience that night, I guess. But, Abbott, thank you for uh, your time and, and a chance to talk about my favorite bands. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was awesome. I, I, I couldn't have asked for any, how it went down better. I've been looking, for, looking forward to this need, like, all need, week. If you need to talk more about this, you, know, you can always give me a call, you know, yeah. because I, I love to talk about it. I, I can talk about it's it my for... My passion, you know, it's my, it's, it's my life, you know.
Absolutely. It's, it's, it's everything that's me, you know. Well, you know I mean? we should talk about, we should uh, do another one, another kiss. I do uh, kiss podcasts with Marty Friedman. Oh, really? Yeah, we just do, we just talk about kiss. So he's one of those guys too, so. Oh, yeah. And he told me the time that kiss asked him to, if, uh, to join possibly, but he wasn't tall enough. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be a certain. You have to be a certain. Oh yeah. Guy. Yeah. Martin Friedman. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was I also, heard, I also, heard, you know, uh, in uh, '83, '84, uh, Eddie Van Halen uh, asked to join Kiss. Yeah. You know, but uh, Gene is. Gene uh, yeah, convinced yeah, yeah, him yeah, to yeah, stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gene convinced him to continue with. This podcast, yeah. uh, Moonlights as a Van Halen podcast too. Yeah. Are you a Van Halen fan? Because I can go for hours on that band. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. Let's do another one. Yeah, Let's do. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, no, fair, fair, fair warning is one of my favorite albums of all times. You know. Yeah. yeah. I've done three Van Halen themed podcasts. Yeah. I just did a fourth one. We can I, do another one late at I another think, day. I, I think. I think. Uh, Diamond Dave. You know, David Eroth. He's one of the coolest, uh, best frontman ever. You know. Well, look at all the people here tonight. <laughs> This is not a microphone in my pants. I'm just happy to see you, California. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah, they always only do. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, uh, don't take everything too serious in life. It's not. It doesn't matter whether you win or you lose. It's how good you look. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a fucking. He's the man. Yeah, he's he's crazy. He's he's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. Did you hear about? Did you hear about? Um, his newest single that he uploaded on YouTube, or, oh, or yeah. it's called "Ain't No Christmas," yeah. and everybody in the Van Halen world was speculating that it was about him unofficially quitting Van Halen for good, yeah. and it's a it's like a a letter to Eddie Van Halen. If you read the lyrics, yeah. first the management said it's just poetry; it means nothing. It's just a song, and then DLR said last month it might be about Eddie. What do you think about that? I think it's over with David and... Uh... Those two guys, you know, the two of the biggest egos in rock and roll. <laughs> in the same band, I mean, it must have been it must have been trouble from get-go, but also great, you know. Same with Kiss, you know, original Kiss, for example. You know, they were all totally, completely different guys. Yeah. But together they were magic, you know. Even when, Paul when, and when, when it worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even with Paul and Gene. Yeah, even, though, yeah even those two guys, you know. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. This is great. Uh, Abbott, I mean, this has been amazing. Like, a chance to talk to you about three of my favorite bands. Now, I know three of your favorite bands. This is just, this is all I, this is all I want to do all day long. This is why I do this when I'm not on the road. This is what I want to do. I just want to talk fucking rock with dudes who want to talk about rock. This is what we do. This is what I do on the tour bus in the dressing room. There's one hell of a microphone you have here. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it is great. You know. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. You know, you know, you know like Paul Stanley said, you know, Kiss is not the latest run that's alive, and, and you know, Abbott is not the latest run. You know, Immortal or whatever. You know, it's not the latest run. I mean, we've been doing this for, you know, almost 30 years now. I don't feel I'm just getting started. You know what I mean? You have to just, you know, believe in yourself and be yourself, you know. Be your, yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Thank you.